Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Festival Nation on the Pantheon Podcast Network. Here's your host, Marla Davies. Welcome to Festival Nation, where we celebrate the magical world of music festivals. Coming up today, we'll talk to Dark Star Orchestra drummer Rob Koritz. I'm Marla Davies. Festival Nation, the podcast, celebrates festivals and live music. And to be honest, this podcast and its podcaster, me, has been in a bit of a funk during the pandemic. Well, let's just say a lot of funk. And maybe you have too. But I'm sure you were watching Lollapalooza a few weeks ago. As concert goers confirmed, they were eager and more than willing, even in the face of the Delta variant, to show up en masse at one of the biggest public gatherings in the United States since the pandemic started. Lollapalooza was massive. An estimated 100,000 people headed to Chicago's Grant Park Daily for four days of the long-awaited music festival. It was the first big festival to resurrect itself, poking its head out of the COVID-19 pandemic, and the fearless music lovers came with a spirit of celebration, not afraid to put their hands up in the air like they just didn't care. Lollapalooza hosted headliners Miley Cyrus, Post Malone, The Foo Fighters, and Megan Thee Stallion. Of course, there were restrictions. Fest lovers were required to wear masks when they were in the indoor spaces, show proof of vaccination or a negative COVID test. Some were turned away, but not that many, but most headed in. And now we wait. And it's been a couple of weeks. Lollapalooza, the barometer for the rest of us and the future of live music for the rest of the year. And a new report, Chicago's top doctor says, No evidence that Lollapalooza 2021 was a super spreader event. I still watch the antics virtually, and I'm sure over the past year or so, you've caught a few shows that way too. I folded laundry while watching Lock-In last summer, contributed to Farm Aid and played along at home, made many of dinners while watching a Dave Matthews band drive-in show, and have thoroughly enjoyed all the home performances, haven't you? From my favorite bands, I thank you so much for doing it, but it just, it just isn't the same. I did see Joan Jett and the Blackhearts at Stern Grove in San Francisco this summer. It was no Lollapalooza, but the 10,000 of us that were there had the time of our lives, both young and old, singing along with Joan to I Love Rock and Roll. Things are getting better and more normal, we hope, and at the time of posting this podcast, There's the Lockin Festival in Virginia, three weekends in August, which is an intimate new look on the traditional four-day weekend festival. In September, there's Firefly in Delaware, along with Summerfest in Milwaukee, Bottle Rock in Napa, Bonnaroo in Tennessee, and the Governor's Ball in New York. The New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Festival just canceled their October dates due to increased COVID outbreaks in the city. And holding on to Halloween weekend, it's Outside Lands in San Francisco's Golden Gate Park. And Coachella has secured its dates for April 2022. 
I still remember the day when Coachella canceled March 2020, and I thought, okay, this shit is getting real. And boy, it was real. I think we're all still a little bit in disbelief about what we lived through and a little saddened too. If you're heading out to a festival, bring your vaccination card or a negative COVID test and double check the festival's website for up-to-date requirements. My first real sign of light at the end of the tunnel came when I saw a concert listing for the Dark Star Orchestra, playing three nights at Roaring Camp Railroad in Felton in my own backyard, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, May 7th, 8th, and 9th. The show was presented by the Felton Music Hall and billed as socially distanced pod shows. And don't forget your masks. The show was scheduled to start at 5 and end at 8-ish and even an after party with some local bands called the Campfire Sessions. Now, how fun is that? The venue is in the heart of the Santa Cruz Mountains and sound travels, so music had to end on the early side. I wrangled myself a pair of tickets, got a pod, I even ordered ice-cold Lagunitas IPAs to be delivered to our folding chairs that we brought in with us. Life is good. A live concert. And although I've been in a funk and so has the podcast, I decided this would be a good time to resurrect Festival Nation. I reached out to the band and Dark Star Orchestra drummer Rob Koritz was up for doing an interview at the venue. I packed up my gear and off to the show. I was supposed to meet Rob before the show that got moved now to 4.30 because the band wanted to give us our money's worth and play a little bit longer. So Friday afternoon, Bay Area traffic was back, as was the long line of cars trying to get into the venue. As we waited patiently, I could hear the first notes of the show starting. Truckin', then sugary. Music filled the air. Now meeting Rob before the show was out, but I still had great hopes to hook up with him at the break. And then I had a cell phone number, so as long as I got a signal, everything was good. We settled into our pod, made some new friends with other pod people, and talked about how happy we were to be out listening to live music. If you've never seen the Dark Star Orchestra, they choose a show from the Grateful Dead catalog, or sometimes they make up their own organic set list, and they perform the set as if the dead would. Rob's available to do the interview today because it's his night off. Shh. It's a secret. He usually does the Mickey heart part, which then gives us a chance to kind of guess what the set's going to be like tonight. Either the band will perform something really early before Mickey joined or sometime between 1971 and 1974 when Mickey left the band for a time after his dad, who was the manager, stole some money from the guys. That's uncomfortable. And another story. Settling into the show, it's Mr. Charlie Deal, beat it on down the line, he's gone, Chinatown Shuffle. Now that's sort of an obscure Pigpen song, so with much speculation, we're starting to narrow down the show. Definitely 1972, before June 17th, because that's when Pigpen's last show was at the Hollywood Bowl before he passed away. Then there was China Cat, I Know You Rider, Black Throated Wind, Next Time You See Me, that's another Pigpen song. That's pretty cool. You know, I've never seen Pigpen play and sing with the Grateful Dead, so it was like stepping back in time for me. And the Dark Star Orchestra sounded just like the Grateful Dead. Their musicianship is impeccable. And it's funny because at this point, the Dark Star Orchestra has played more live shows than the Grateful Dead have. The Dead played around 2,400 before Jerry died, and this weekend, the Dark Star Orchestra was playing their 3,000th show, give or take, right? 
The first set ended with playing in the band, Tennessee Jed, Good Lovin', and Casey Jones. What a great first set. And now, break time. First up for me anyway, the bathroom. And I've already scouted out the location and a flushing toilet, and then beer, then some crappy concert food, and off to find Rob Koritz. No signal needed. I walk up right to the stage, to the backstage area, and there's Rob. He walks up to me and says, hey, are you Marla? <laughs> so easy, I loved it. We grabbed a picnic table and started chatting. Well, during the pandemic, I'm basically stopping. I haven't done any podcasts, just in a funk, right? But Rob says he started doing a podcast and it's called The Music Plays the Band. Started a podcast, a lot of new skills I've learned. Um, found a new, a new niche, if you will. I'm really comfortable behind a mic. I interview my friends for the most part. Some of the guests I don't know, but so I have a rapport with my guests and they're willing to talk about the Grateful Dead. You know, I had Yorma on last week and he was like, yeah, let's talk about the dead, man. Yeah, well, me and Jerry used to ride around a 65 in this in this old station wagon, and he's the reason I started playing electric. Who knew? It doesn't get any better than that. No. You know, for a dead fan to get to hear that, that the only reason Yorma Kokkinen started playing electric guitar was because he heard Garcia. So I'm loving doing this and learning about all this. Right, because it's your roots. I mean, you're in a jam band and have yeah. been since, like, 1999. Nine, I joined, well, that, this band since 99. Yeah. But many bands before that. You're, I mean, you studied music, you're, you know, percussionist, you're classically trained. Yeah. I mean, all yeah, look what that got me. <laughs> yeah, well, it doesn't always work out that yeah, way. Yeah, it's all right, though. It's all good. It's you know, I mean, what I learned, I mean, I didn't get my degree in classical because I knew that wasn't going to be my path. I ended up getting my degree in jazz studies. But, and now I play Grateful Dead, but both of those skill sets come into play with everything I do musically, for sure. Well, yeah, everything, sure. you know, your whole journey, you know, comes together. So the podcast is cool because you talk up to bands about how they're influenced by the dead, mm -hmm. and then you do a whole thing about how bands that influence the dead. Mm -hmm. Which is funny because I did a, I worked at... I like that you see that perspective. That's cool. I, well, it's so funny because I read that about it and I used to work at, a, when I first started in radio, the Nifty 1050s, it was all 1950s music. There you go, man. And I couldn't, I'm a huge deadhead and I'm working, I'm a kid like working at the station and I'm like, oh my God, I, all these songs, these are all dead songs that yeah. these guys are playing. Yeah. Here's, here's the perfect, the coasters. Yeah. Who you think about Charlie Brown, he's a clown. Why is everybody picking on me? Bob Rat Dog plays like four coasters tunes. You know, and, and the dead played a coaster's tune or two, and I had no idea. So I'm learning along the way too, which yeah, is really, really which cool. Which is cool, and like Johnny Cash and Big River, and you know, it's just so crazy how it all comes together. I didn't know that Good Lovin', which we just played on stage a few minutes ago, you know, we all think of the dead. The Little Rascals. And then we think of the Rascals. But there was a band before that, a, oh. an African American group called the Olympics. Really? Who originally recorded it, and John Sebastian. Loved, oh no, it's not John Sebastian. The Rascals loved it, and so they recorded and they it, and, a then, big and they made it into a big hit. But at first, it was recorded by an African American group in the fifties. See, that's cool. You and know, then, so, like, of course, Buddy Holly, Not Fade Away. Sure, you know, all that stuff. Go, it just goes on. So, when you look at the Dead, you know, just a real quick perspective ahead. How do you think the Dead music is affecting bands like coming after the Dead? Well, is it a strong? Do you think there's a strong thing going for, on? I think, I think it was in less of a less of the songwriting aspect and more of a, it's okay to go out there and jam and improvise and really fly. I hate to use the term because it's so cliche without a net, <laughs> but it was, a, I think bands learned that it's okay to go out there and, and, and improvise. And if you put your heart into it and you fall flat, it's okay. You know, because the dead did that all the time. And the fan, the jam band 
world, the fans and the jam band world was so forgiving that they respect the fact that if you go out there and really try and just lay it out there for them, even if it doesn't work, they respect the fact that you tried to do that. That's and, so positive, and, isn't it? Yeah. Just try. Just and, give and it your I, best. I think more than, you know, there's no one who's ever going to write songs like Robert Hunter. There's no one who's ever going to write songs like John Barlow. So it's not about the songs. It's about the mindset of being able to go out and, and give it your all and, and, and take a risk. And, and, the, and the audience wants you to take that risk because if it works, the audience gets off so hard on it. After the three-day weekend at Roaring Camp, the Dark Star Orchestra continued their spring-summer tour 2021. There was the Dark Star Jubilation, a socially distanced concert experience in Ohio. Then in early June, a set of reduced capacity socially distanced shows at the Columbia Speedway in South Carolina. Then off to Soldier Field in Chicago for a couple of drive-in concerts. Then the Peach Music Festival in Scranton, Pennsylvania for the 4th of July holiday. Off to Red Rocks in Colorado and live on the lawn in Louisville, Kentucky. August 6th through 7th, time to celebrate Jerry and the Days Between Festival in Black Oak Ranch in Laytonville, California. That's in Mendocino County, otherwise known as the Hog Farm. And ending the tour August 12th through 14th at the Casco Mountain Jubilee in East Durham, New York. There's a couple of shows in Asheville, North Carolina, and the first weekend of September, the band heads to Salt Lake City, Utah for a few shows too. And in Jamaica in January, for jam in the sand. Rob and I talked and I wondered as a musician, what's the impact of the audience to the whole experience? I think a real good way to put it in perspective is what we're doing right now. It's with the new normal, you all see the quotes, the air quotes, with the new normal, you know, there's pods and there's not 10 deep on the front rail and it's a different energy than it was before. So we've had to ad adapt to that because the fans, it's a collective, you know, it's not just the band. It's the band and the audience working together. And now it's a little bit of a different energy. But it we're is. finding a way to make it work. You Thank know, but, you. you know, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for doing that. But, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's a little different having to, I don't know if this is the right term, to work a little harder. Really? To find that symbiosis between the band. It's kind of the, mellow. It's yeah. a little more mellow It's a little vibe. different for sure. But I, we're also grateful to be here. I can't even tell That's you how That's the we other feel. thing. You know, people have been, just like we've been jonesing to play, people have just been jonesing to hear it. So totally. we're at the point now where we don't really care if it's pods. At least we get to play. And the crowd is like, we don't care if it's pods. At least we get to listen and dance. Well, it's funny because we're in our pod and our pod's way far. And we're like, whoa, this is kind of far back. Like I normally like, never really want to be back there. And I was like, well, shoot, I'm just going to dance up. I danced right on up. But doesn't it feel good to just be out there right now? Because <laughs> yes. it's been so fucking long. Can I, can I say that? Can I yes. Cause... Oh, yeah. Right. We can swear on podcasts. I, I know. That's, I'm not used to that either. My <laughs> parents and my parents listen. Oh. And I'm talking about acid. And, oh. <laughs> and my, oh, man, this one time in the show, I was so fucked up. And my mom and dad here. And, like what? The podcast, what? podcast world is a little different. It is. Um, wild, wild west. You know, people are just happy to be yes. able to hear music it's been so long and yes. that, that that for us it's a creative outlet that's been missing and for the fans it's an expressive outlet that's been missing and all of a sudden it's different but we all have it again we need and you know i felt like when this all this whole thing happened i was like everything i love music we can't do that we can't hug you know there was just everything i'm like we can't sing we yeah. can't do what I, I mean i'm a big sports guy i couldn't play sports my kids couldn't play sports i couldn't coach them 
just every, everything went away. Everything. And I was dancing to the band, you know, when I'm standing back in my pod. Actually, I, st I stepped out of my pod and I everything. I won't tell. I won't tell. <laughs> and I was so happy. I'm like, this is so much better than dancing in my kitchen, yeah. which is where I've done a lot of dancing. Yeah. A lot of kitchen yeah, dancing. This is so much better than playing by myself up in my room, Yeah. which I, I get just, just so out. bored. So the importance of like, you know, festivals, because my, my show's about festivals and how much we love them. And you guys have played a million festivals. You guys have played a million shows, that's, God forbid. That's the one aspect that's still missing. Yeah. You know, I, and it's coming though. We're getting closer, but I haven't gotten to hang with my friends backstage, my other musician friends, or go see those bands that I love. I Man, that's my favorite thing about festivals. That and the collaborative, where you, you know can we're hop a, on stage. Yeah, you know, oh, Keller, you're here. Come on up and play with us. Or Los Lobos is playing. Hey, Rob, you want to come play? Yeah. And we haven't gotten back to that yet, and I really miss that part. Of that you know, the festival thing isn't quite there. I don't know I how. I can't wait for that when. to come back. You guys have your own little festival thing. We you do. do. It's going to be different, though. Okay, how? Um, you know, normally it's called the Dark Star Jubilee. We yeah. run it. We pick the bands. Yeah. So we can pick our friends or people we really like to come out and hear it. And it goes on for three days, and there's music all day. This year, it's not the Jubilee. It's the Jubilation. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, same venue, but we're not putting it on. The people that own the venue are putting it on. Okay. So they hired us as the headliner. Okay. And just two or three bands each day, much smaller and than we pods. would. Yeah, it's. it's I, I think it's going to be pods. Yeah, um, but there is going to be camping, socially distanced camping. So that's a okay. step in the right direction. Yeah. But instead of having eight bands that are all our friends that are you know bigger, the the Kim Ox, the Los Lobos, yeah. the the Nevilles, whatever it is, whoever we would have, it's going to be a lot of little smaller local bands from that region. Okay. And then us. Because it's in Ohio. Ohio. It's Ohio. outside. Columbus, which is Ohio, is a great market for us. I think Ohio is a great market for every. I'm, jam I'm from Pittsburgh originally. Pittsburgh, so. Pennsylvania, and Ohio rock. I know. I mean, uh, it's unbelievable how good those two states are. I know. We, for the jam we live band for scene. that. I yeah. mean, love it. We're in Pennsylvania. Pitts, Pittsburgh. You're West, from Pittsburgh. No, My wife's from Midland. Pennsylvania. Oh, she is. Yeah, but um, up like uh, towards uh, like by Camp David, up where Maryland and and, okay, and Pennsylvania. Okay, well, that's more on that side. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I haven't been back there in a while. We're going back this summer, and you know, Pittsburgh's great to us. I know. It's, well, it's like that, you know, salt of the earth stuff. Yeah. So, what about the drive-in shows? Because here on the West Coast, I mean, I've all, I have not seen a drive-in show. It's not happened out here because probably real estate. I mean, we don't have any drive-ins. Right. But I know you're you're gonna play a couple drive-ins. We, we did one last weekend. Our last yeah. weekend was drive-in. So and it's like how's that? Car people, car people, car people. <laughs> yeah. um, and last when when this first started, like we went out in September and October, and it sucked because everybody was afraid. So everybody was still so scared, and it was so bad. You know, things were still so bad that they wouldn't have PA systems. So everything was listened through your car stereo. Oh gosh! And sitting in your car? You could you could get out of your car, but you could only listen to it through your car. There wasn't like speakers right, on the yeah. side of the stage. Okay, that's just not. And then some people got smart and learned how to Bluetooth. A speaker system in the back of their pickup truck and, be, and have more amplification. Why wouldn't they just blast it? They weren't allowed to. They um, were afraid about people moving around. If it's only at your car, um, you'll stay close to your car. There's so much fear. And that was awful. Yeah. Um, now, with the drive-ins, it's a PA system just like we have here, you know, yeah. hung. So the ones we did the other night, the cars are every other space, and then you have your pod, if you will, next to your car. Yeah. Um, and actually, it works because the cars keep people separated. Uh, again, it's a different energy. Oh, the other thing that was really weird with the ones we did in September when you're listening in your car, at the end of the song, instead of hearing people clap, you'll hear people honk. Uh, you know, so we just did a 20-minute like jam, and you hear beep, 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 beep. beep, beep. beep. It's awful. Oh, it was awful. Oh, it was awful. <laughs> <laughs>
Festival Nation, celebrating the magical world of music festivals. Today on Festival Nation, I'm talking to Rob Koritz, drummer of Dark Star Orchestra. I'm Marla Davies. More with Rob after this. I'm Marla Davies. Today on Festival Nation, I'm talking to Rob Koritz of the Dark Star Orchestra. I have to admit, I'd never seen the Dark Star Orchestra. The band formed a couple years after Jerry Garcia died in 1995, and at the time, I just wasn't ready. I couldn't listen to a band playing Grateful Dead music without Jerry. And time passed on, and I finally healed, and I always wanted to see the Dark Star Orchestra, but somehow our paths never crossed until this night in early May in the Santa Cruz Mountains. I was glad Rob had some extra time to chat with me and Festival Nation, but I wondered how he felt sitting tonight's show out. When we do the one drummer shows, and it's when we first started doing the when we, when, I, when we first joined the band, we didn't do one drummer shows, mm-hmm. and then we decided to start doing them. And I was like, I'm not sitting out all the time because that would suck. Right. So now when we do the one drummer shows, we alternate. Oh, okay. So tonight's Dino. I see. And the next time we do a one drummer show, it'll be me. That makes sense. Which, so you get to be the Billy. Which it gives me the best of both worlds because I can yeah, cause you play, play two. two com- yeah, and I get to play two completely different styles. You know, when I do the Mickey thing, which I love, which yeah. is where, where I come from, it's wonderful. But then once or twice a tour, in normal days when we're on an actual tour, yeah, yeah. once or twice a tour, I get to play by myself and take a completely different approach you to do the all drums the crazy and, and, and play a little bit more of the Billy Jazzy thing, like on the one drummer. So I get the best of both worlds. I get to like cover. There's that word cover. Um, yeah, don't say it. You don't want to be, yeah. you're not a cover right. band. You're a, tri- aren't you a tribute right. band. Yeah, I, I, I call it performance art. Ah, I like um, that. But, you know, I get to look at it from the Mickey side when we do the two drummer stuff. And then when I get to do the one drummers, which is every other time, I get to look at it from the, the more Billy. jazzy Billy improvisational side. So I'm very lucky in that respect. I always laugh because I remember reading something in the beginning days of the dead. They were like, we, we only really had Billy in the band because he had the truck. and yeah, he had the station wagon. <laughs> well, he had a station wagon. They could fit all the gear in the yeah, back of. So that's kind of true. You know, so it, Mickey's not really ever played. Is it true he's not played with you guys, Dark Star Orchestra? Mickey hasn't sat in with us, but I've sat in with them. Oh, and so and so is Dino. Yeah, they played at the Jubilee one year. I've met him many, many, many times, and he's always sure. been very gracious. Uh, one year they played, the Mickey Hart Band played after us at the Jubilee in Ohio, and I got to come up and, and get inside Mickey's world and stand shoulder to shoulder, elbow to elbow, Were and play together. Were you starstruck at all, a little? Not at that point I wasn't anymore, because I'd met him quite a few times, and we'd sat and talked and had wine. It was the first time we'd played together. But no, I wasn't starstruck, but I couldn't get a smile off my face. How exciting! No, I mean, it was, it so was you're obviously a deadhead. I mean, are you? Yeah. A, I saw over a uh, hundred shows. I mean, I, I'm I'm a little younger. I'm the youngest guy in the band. Oh, you are. Um, I'm, which I'm not that young anymore. <laughs> but you know, I started seeing the Dead my senior year in high school, which was '87. Okay. And I saw over a hundred shows. I did the whole Europe 1992 tour. So yeah, I'm a deadhead. Oh, you went to Europe. Yeah, I did that whole tour. That so was yeah, fun. I'm a deadhead, for sure. You know, none of us, all of us How are. How could you not be? We couldn't play this, especially. I don't want to say as well as we do, but as analytically as we do, and for as long as we have, if we this if we weren't. Show is that correct? Yeah, it's we're, debatable, but yeah, we're close. We're, I think we're. I think this. I think we passed three thousand a while ago, but it's Did, a lot. Yeah. Didn't the Dead play probably less than three thousand shows? The Dead played twenty four something, and okay. when we went through that a few years ago, we did a lot of interviews on that because it was a big deal. And how do you feel about your playing? Your your next show will eclipse how many shows the Dead played. What does that say to you? It says that we're never home. Yeah. It never just says that we home. work all the time. So that must have been nice during the pandemic because you have kids. Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, I never spent so much time with my kids. Do they I, love hell, having you around. Oh yeah, they're they're. 
I never spent so much time with my wife since we met, you know, because we met after the band. So it was an adjustment. Um, yeah, you know, the kids loved having me around. It's They're sad when I leave. But now when I say I'm only gone for five days or I'll be back in four days because we're only doing weekends. Yeah, yeah. You know, before it was, I'll be back in 19 days. Oh, that's not so bad, Daddy, because it used to be 30. You know, so now it's four. You know, they can do that stand on their head. So did you miss the touring or are you... You did miss it. I did. I missed. It's in your blood. I missed the travel. I missed the music, obviously. Um, I, I'm a golfer. Okay. So I play a lot of golf on the road, and I missed all that. You know, today was a great day. I didn't have to play. So this morning, Jeff Kamani and I played golf together up in San Francisco. We had a great day on a golf course. Nice. Um, I think you need so, a healthy alternative. That's my outlet. Yeah, you, you know, need it's something. my escape. Yeah, like you know, Bobby does all kind of that TRX and that, yeah. whatever he's up to. You know, and, and, and for Kamani, and, and myself and a lot of musicians, it's golf. Okay. Um, so every day off I play when I'm on the road. A lot of, like today's a show day, but since Jeff lives right here and we're good golf buddies, I, you know, I make time to go play with Jeff this morning. Fine. Um, so it's it's good to be back out. You know, next week I'll be in D.C. and I have friends there to play golf with. So, so it's, it's all about golf, really. <laughs> a lot of it is. It's The daytime <laughs> is all about golf and the nighttime is all about music. I'm just not good at sitting in a hotel room all day. Oh, gosh, and, you no. Know, and we've traveled for so long. I've seen every museum. Yeah. You know, we've already done all that. You know, I've been on the road with this band for 20 years, so we've seen all the sights. You know, what it, a great life. It's great. You know, if there's a city we haven't gone to before, I skip the golf and go check out that museum that I've missed. Site is, you know, that I missed, that Civil War battlefield or whatever it is. Yeah, so it's important when you're traveling to make sure you've seen all that. At this point, I have. So you're done. Now you play golf. Now I play golf every day. So with Darkstar Orchestra, is there an era of the dead that you like more than others? It's interesting you ask that because I think for every one of us, if you would ask us that question, the standard answer is who everybody in the band's favorite era is when they started seeing them. Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. And, and for me, that's the late 80s, 80s, which I still love, and it is probably still my favorite. But as I learned more about the music and really got into it over the years, I gained a new appreciation for the other eras. I love them all, but if I had to pick two favorites, it would be the late 80s, just because I love how Mickey played, and I love the set list, and they played really well. They did. And then going back to what we were talking about before, I love the one drummers when I get to do the 72, you know, the 71 through 74 stuff, because there's a freedom of playing with one drummer as opposed to two. Different love playing with thing. Dino, and we played together for five years before this band and another band, but there's a freedom where you don't have to worry about, or not, I shouldn't say worry, where you don't have to pay as much attention to what the drummer- You get to be selfish on your right. Yeah. yeah, my ears don't have to be as open as to what my partner is doing, because there is no partner, so now I can go a little more. When Jeff joined the band, you know, before Jeff joined the band, it was John, yeah. We never touched anything before 71. You know, and then Jeff, who's who's older, older. Um, <laughs> we, we've seen his hair. You know, yeah. <laughs> so he's way into the 60s, you know. So oh, we had okay. never played a 60s show before Jeff came. Okay. Which is a completely different band. The yeah, dead, it really the, the, is. The, the 1960s dead is completely different than the 70s dead and on. So when we started tackling all that older stuff and playing the 11 and Born Cross-Eyed and Caution, you know, after being in the band for 12 years, that opened up a whole other world, and we weren't very good at it at first. You know, it's taken well, us. They weren't a, either. Right. Well, they were. They were so young, and they were on drugs, <laughs> yes. and it was just a totally different time. Yeah. So, getting to start to explore the '60s stuff was a big deal, and really opened my eyes to that stuff, and was like, after all these years of being in the band, a new challenge. 
it's you know, to start playing new. that stuff, something new. We weren't just, and I don't mean this in a negative way because I love doing it, but we weren't just regurgitating another 77 show or another 87 show. All of a sudden, we were playing 69. Yeah, yeah. Which um, is so, it's just fun how the dead really, they have evolved. So, so changed. I got into the dead like in like the early 80s. So, 83, like went on tour and all around, you know, I'm from Pittsburgh, but I never did see him in Pittsburgh, but I was out here and, and so 87 came and it was just, you know, touch gray and all that, but we'd already seen them play that so many times. So right, because they started in 83 group, or 84, yeah, right. The group came, like, the, you got, and it was more like frat party, <laughs> like frat party did. It was, a, um, luckily I got in, you know, I mean, I did start in 87, but I want to preface that with, before In the Dark came out. Okay, okay, yes. Yeah, Cause April. Because wow. In the Dark didn't come out until like August or September. Yeah. And my first dead show was in April. So it wasn't In the Dark and the radio hit and all that shit that got me into it. Well, it's so funny because I remember in high school, I didn't even really know the dead that much because like the rock radio stations didn't feed us that. And that's all we knew was what they gave us. And it was the, it was the dead, the Alabama getaway, um, go to heaven. Go to heaven, 81, yeah. And it yeah. was like disco dead or With whatever. The white their suit, hair, yeah. <laughs> the white suits. The, the wind, yeah. <laughs> I came by it almost by accident because growing up in high school and everything, I was not into the dad. What were you I, into? I didn't, I was everything, everything. But I didn't really know the dad and I knew Casey Jones and all that, but yeah, truck. I wasn't into the tie dye thing, I was kind of a preppy. Oh, you were? And oh, look, you are kind of wearing a little preppy shirt right there. Yeah, <laughs> so one night in, in 87, we were all, I can say this, mom and dad aren't listening, we were tripping on mushrooms at a friend's house, Okay. like two in the morning. And somebody was working the, the jam box, the big cassette player oh, jam box, and they yeah. put in Not Fade Away. And I didn't know what it was, but I hear this band. And, it and all you. of a sudden, the band goes away, and the crowd keeps going. Oh, yeah, that's always good. And then the band comes back and joins the crowd yeah. and plays it a little bit more before the encore. And I was like, holy shit, what the fuck was that? <laughs> And my friend was like, that's the Grateful Dead. I'm like, no way. Yeah, right? He's like, no, that's the Dead. I'm like, that was the coolest thing I've ever heard. He's like, well, they're playing in Chicago next week. Do you want to go? I'm like, yeah, I want to go check it out. And it was UIC Pavilion, April 11th, 1987. And sure as shit, my first show, they closed with Not Fade Away. The whole crowd does this. And then the band comes back and just like I had heard on the tape a week before. That's impressive. <laughs> You're in. That was it, done. Hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. This is the coolest thing I have ever heard. The whole vibe between the band and the, the crowd. It was just, I've never heard anything like this. We all right? Is it working? It's still working, but we can hear the Dark Star Orchestra right behind us. Aren't you glad? My band is back on stage. <laughs> yeah, you can hear them a little bit. This is one of my favorite songs. Is it really? Both to listen to and to play. Especially the later versions of this. And like when they brought it back in the 80s and 90s. From a drumming, from a Mickey Hart perspective, it's a badass song Some to play. I mean, Mickey has taken us some places. I yeah. Mean, He's scary my hero. places. Really freaking scary. Like, he, you're like, oh my God. And then Jerry, thank God, would come back on and reel it in. And Mickey, on so many levels, is my hero. <laughs> yeah. as, you know, as, as far as his, the way to approach music and his mindset. It's not even about his chops and the way he plays. It's more about the way he thinks and the way he feels. His head and his heart. You know? Well, his name's Heart. Yeah, I mean, the head and the heart is what got me, you know. All right. Well, I think that... It's time for the show. I'll tell you what, being on rented gear, this is like, uh, we're, we're out here in California, we oh, didn't bring our rinse. truck, so we rented everything, and I'm sitting on the side of this. This is the quietest our band has ever been. 
It's great. I love it. It's so quiet compared to normal. Why? You guys are much louder. Well, they have all their big speakers and they just have to, they have their equipment, the guitar players I'm talking about, because it's always the guitar player's fault. Um, and now they're on these smaller amps. It's just, it's and really it's like, nice. And it's like, you, it's, you had to start at 4.30. And we're outdoors. And, you're done, just, and you're done, have to be done by 8? 8.30. Oh, 8.30. 8.30. We'll go in. We're going to take every minute of it. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Well, uh, Rob Koritz. Yes. Such a treasure to Thank have you. Thank you so much. I'm going to so do a nice shameless plug. Please. It's called The Music Plays the Band. Please check out my podcast. I think everybody who's a dead fan will definitely enjoy it. It's time to go our separate ways and leave this beautiful outdoor setting under the Redwoods. Dark Star Orchestra is back on stage and Rob and I have other things to do. For me, there's another bathroom break, of course, maybe one more beer and then back to my pod. And Rob will most likely spend the night watching his band from the side of the stage and looking forward to the next night where he'll join his Dark Star brothers for one more Saturday night behind the drum kit. The second set of the Dark Star Orchestra gave us Big Boss Man, Ramble on Rose, Jack Straw, and Dark Star. My husband was so happy. Even though he says he's not a deadhead, he has deemed Dark Star his favorite Grateful Dead song. And we heard an excellent version from the Dark Star Orchestra on May 7th, 2021. Then there was drums, the other one, Sing Me Back Home, Sugar Magnolia, Turn On Your Love Light, Going Down the Road Feeling Bad, Not Fade Away, and One More Saturday Night, which made me laugh because it was a Friday night. As the last note of the show soared over the crowd in the Santa Cruz Mountains, the band announced the original Grateful Dead show was performed at the Bickershaw Festival in England, May 7, 1972. Mystery solved. We were delighted for such a wonderful night of live music. As we said our goodbyes to our pod mates, there were hugs and see you tomorrow. There were two more shows at Roaring Camp this weekend. Of course, our new friends were surprised we weren't going to all three shows. That is the custom after all. The shows were sold out and I guess I could have prayed for a miracle and found a ticket. But for now, I'll relish in having an amazing one more Saturday night on a beautiful Friday night. Thanks for checking out Festival Nation, where we celebrate the magical world of music festivals. And as Jerry Garcia once said, people need celebration in their lives as part of what it means to be human. We need music and bliss and power and myth and celebration in our lives. And music is a good way to encapsulate a lot of it. Festival Nation, celebrating the magical world of music festivals. Thanks for joining me today on Festival Nation, and thanks to Dark Star Orchestra drummer Rob Koritz. Check out his podcast, The Music Plays the Band. Always love to hear from you, and if you have a favorite festival memory to share, please reach out. Shoot me an email, festivalnationpodcast at gmail.com, or hit me up on social, on Facebook and Instagram at Festival Nation, and on Twitter at Nation Festival. And check out all our podcasts at the Pantheon Podcast Network at Pantheon Pods. To hear music featured on this podcast, just check on the link in the show notes. Any music used in this Festival Nation podcast is owned by the artist and is used for educational and illustration purposes only. Keep music alive and support your favorite artist by buying their music wherever you download it or go to your favorite record store. Thanks for checking out, liking, sharing, and following Festival Nation on the Pantheon Podcast Network and wherever you listen to your podcasts. Talk to you next time. Peace. Hey there, I'm Rob Kortz from Dark Star Orchestra, and you're listening to Festival Nation. Peace, love, and music. Thanks for being part of the tribe. 
from Marla Davies and everyone here at Festival Nation. Until next time, tune in, turn on.